morning, church family. Tara Davis is going to speak to us today. This happens to be the last time that we're going to be just posting a recorded message early on a Sunday morning. That'll be 10 weeks. I believe this is the 10th week that we have not met, and I'm thinking that you've mostly, most of you have heard that this is the last one of those. We will meet, we will gather to meet, to worship on Sunday, May 31st, and we are looking forward to seeing you. We pray all is well with you, and we pray that this message uh, that Tara brings will be, she'll be speaking as though speaking the very words of God, that you will have ears to hear. The Lord will speak to your heart. And Tara, we appreciate you've spoken to this church family many times, and we appreciate you recording this message for us. Thank you, Bob, and hi, friends. As I sit here this evening, there's a storm rolling in, the thunder rumbling in the distance, lightning dancing across the sky in a majestic display. I've always loved storms. Ever since I was a little girl, we grew up in the countryside of Indiana, surrounded by cornfields, and when it would storm hard enough, the rain would create little rivers in the back field. And when the lightning would end, my sister and I would go out there and run through the puddles and stop through the rivers. We brought such joy. I love how God uses analogies in Scripture. And he often compares difficulties of life to a storm. Most people don't enjoy storms. Um, storms are uncertain. They interrupt life as we know it. They can be chaotic, bring destruction. They're uncomfortable. Storms are things we cannot control. Storms bring loss. Storms bring fear and confusion. But there's something about storms that is good. It waters our dry earth. It causes growth. It can wash away the dirt and the rubble. There's a lot of good that can come from storms. I think one reason I enjoy storms so much is they're so powerful. To watch the rain beat against the window Listen to the thunder that rumbles and it almost echoes within your chest. The majestic display of lightning that just dances and splinters across the dark sky. Storms are powerful. They strike awe within me. But they also remind me of who God is and who I'm not. If a storm and West Texas can be this powerful. How much greater is the God who is above the storm? I've been thinking about storms in these last few weeks. Certainly we have been in an unprecedented time within the history of our nation and our world, for that matter, with our world and our country and our city on uh Lockdown, if you will, shut down with the pandemic and the quarantine. 
online learning, businesses shuttered, closed. Fear, the unknown. For many, they have found themselves in a storm to be isolated from family or friends. The stress of learning on online, <laughs> the stress of trying to pay bills when income is now drastically reduced. It's been an uncomfortable season. A season perhaps of growth, but also a season of hardship and heartache. I'm reminded tonight about a passage in Mark 4. It's a familiar story that all of us know, but I love how the message translation puts it. This is Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. Says late that day, he said to them, This is Jesus speaking to the disciples, let's go across to the other side. They took him in the boat as he was. Other boats came along. A huge storm came up. Waves poured into the boat, threatening to sink it. And Jesus was in the stern, head on a pillow, sleeping. They roused him, saying, Teacher, is it nothing to you that we're going down? Awake now, he told the wind to pipe down and said to the sea, quiet, settle down. And I love these next six words. The wind ran out of breath. The sea became smooth as glass. Jesus reprimanded the disciples. Why are you such cowards? Don't you have any faith at all? They were in absolute awe, staggered. Who is this anyway, they asked, wind and sea at his beck and call. I know we've been talking a lot about seasons and fear. And I know that all of us at some point in our lives have faced a storm. And honestly, sometimes it feels like the storm never ends. It is one thing after the other. But I love how the message translation says that the wind ran out of breath. How hopeless our lives would feel and be if it were said, and Jesus ran out of breath. What if God weren't big enough for the storms of our lives? What if Jesus didn't calm the storm that day? What if he tried and he had failed? The wind ran out of breath. A lot of this season has felt like my childhood in the best of ways. I personally have thrived and enjoyed the change of pace and the quiet and being home. As an introvert, I recharge by being alone. <laughs> so what, for those of you who this uh, pandemic feels chaotic and hard, that's normal life for me. <laughs> This has felt like a vacation in some ways. And it feels like how I grew up back in the 80s and 90s. The only evenings we were busy were two nights a week when we would go to church, Sunday evenings and Wednesday evenings. Of course, church on Sunday mornings. Maybe once a week there would be a basketball game or a football game. But that was it. We spent our time at home. It was old school, if you will. 
in our society and culture today, it's go, go, go. As a matter of fact, if your schedule or calendar isn't completely full, it almost feels as if you're somehow failing as a human. It's strange how that seems. And as a child, I remember not only playing in storms, but I remember constantly thinking about how big God was. That I couldn't even measure him with a ruler or a measuring tape. That I could put together, string together the finest words, the most eloquent words, and it would not be enough to describe the awe and wonder and majesty of who he really is. And maybe you're like me, as you grow older, as you go through the storms of life, you find yourself left a little jaded. Instead of thanking God for the rain, perhaps you're shaking him by his shoulders and saying, don't you care that I'm going down? (laughs) Don't you see me, God? Don't you see the struggle, the heartache, the disappointment? I love Jesus' response. He immediately addressed the storm, but then he corrected the disciples. You know, the disciples weren't the only ones who needed correcting. (laughs) You remember good old Job? Poor Job. It's like the childhood book, Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. We could say that of Job. Job lost everything. He was an incredibly wealthy man, and he lost all of his his livestock and his family and his friends, and everyone made fun of him. His own wife turned on him. And the whole time, Job said, I will trust in God. But towards the end, Job gets a little frustrated. He gets a little grumpy, maybe a little hangry. And he starts to question God. So I'm going to close this out today, actually, by reading uh, God's response. God, as always, is patient and he listens. But then God answers Job. And I believe that God would say the same thing to you and I today. Those of us who find ourselves in a storm, instead of wasting our energy and our time and allowing our focus to be consumed by the waves and the wind and the loss and the destruction and a heartache, I think God wants to shift our attention and our focus to be consumed with the majesty of who he is. That's where I've been the last few weeks. Refocusing, recalibrating on who God is. And I think these chapters in Job are fitting for us today, those of us who are tired and weary, those of us who need social connection and interaction for energy, those of us who like routine and we like to be in the same spot at church on Sunday, those of us who, frankly, maybe our family being cooped up with them for eight weeks has just about sent us over the edge. Whatever it is, I'm not minimizing what it is we're facing because those things are real. And every loss needs to be grieved. Every loss needs to be mourned. But I believe that God wants us to shift our focus on who he is. Not everything that we are not, but everything that he is.
Job 38. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Dress for action like a man. I will question you, and you make it known to me. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? Or who shut in the sea with doors when it burst out from the womb? When I made clouds its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band and prescribed limits for it and set bars and doors and said, Thus far shall you come and no farther, and here shall your proud waves be stayed. Have you commanded the morning since your days began and caused the dawn to know its place, that it might take hold of the skirts of the earth and the wicked be shaken out of it? It is changed like clay under the seal, and its features stand out like a garment. From the wicked their light is withheld, and their uplifted arm is broken. Have you entered into the springs of the sea, or walked in the recesses of the deep? Have the gates of death been revealed to you, or have you seen the gates of deep darkness? Have you comprehended comprehended the expanse of the earth. Declare, if you know all this, where is the way to the dwelling of light? And where is the place of darkness? That you may take it to its territory and that you may discern the paths to its home. You know, for you were born then and the number of your days is great. Have you entered the storehouses of the snow? Or have you seen the storehouses of the hail? which I have reserved for the time of trouble, for the day of battle and war? What is the way to the place where the light is distributed, or where the east wind is scattered upon the earth? Who has cleft a channel for the torrents of rain and a way for the thunderbolt, to bring rain on a land where no man is, on a desert in which there is no man, to satisfy the waste and desolate land, and to make the ground sprout with grass. Has the rain a father? Or who has begotten the drops of dew? From whose womb did the ice come forth? And who has given birth to the frost of heaven? The water has become hard like stone, and the face of the deep is frozen. Can you bind the chains of the Pleiades, or loose the cords of Orion? Can you lead forth the Maseroth in their season, or can you guide the bear with its children? Do you know the ordinances of the heavens? Can you establish their rule on the earth? Can you lift up your voice to the clouds that a flood of waters may cover you? Can you send forth lightnings that they may go and say to you, Here we are? Who has put wisdom in the inward parts? or give an understanding to the mind? Who can number the clouds by wisdom? Or who can tilt the water skins of the heavens when the dust runs into a mass and the clouds stick fast together? Can you hunt the prey for the lion 
or satisfy the appetite of the young lions when they crouch in their dens or lie in wait in their thicket? Who provides for the raven its prey when its young ones cry to God for help and wander about for lack of food? Do you know when the mountain goats give birth? Do you observe the calving of the does? Can you number the months that they fulfill? And do you know the time when they give birth, when they crouch, bring forth their offspring, and are delivered of their young? Their young ones become strong. They grow up in the open. They go out and do not return to them. Who has let the wild donkey go free? Who has loosed the bonds of the swift donkey, to whom I have given the arid plain for his home and the salt land for his dwelling place? He scorns the tumult of the city. He hears not the shouts of the driver. He ranges the mountains as his pasture, and he searches after every green thing. Is the wild ox willing to serve you? Will he spend the night at your manger? Can you bind him in the furrow with ropes, or will he harrow the valleys after you? Will you depend on him because his strength is great, and will you leave to him your labor? Do you have faith in him that he will return your grain and gather it to your threshing floor? The wings of the ostrich wave proudly, but they are the pinions and plumage of love. But are they the pinions and plumage of love? For she leaves her eggs to the earth and lets them be warmed on the ground, forgetting that a foot may crush them and that the wild beast may trample them. She deals cruelly with her young as if they were not hers. Though her labor be in vain, yet she has no fear. Because God has made her forget wisdom and given her no share in understanding. When she rouses herself to flee, she laughs at the horse and his rider. Do you give the horse his might? Do you clothe his neck with a mane? Do you make him leap like the locust? His majestic snorting is terrifying. He paws in the valley and exults in his strength. He goes out to meet the weapons. He laughs at fear and is not dismayed. He does not turn back from the sword. Upon him rattle the quiver, the flashing spear, and a javelin. With fierceness and rage, he swallows the ground. He cannot stand still at the sound of the trumpet. When the trumpet sounds, he says, Aha! He smells the battle from afar, the thunder of the captains and the shouting. Is it by your understanding that the hawk soars and spreads his wings toward the south? Is it at your command that the eagle mounts up and makes his nest on high? On a rock he dwells and makes his home, on a rocky crag and stronghold. From there he spies out the prey, his eyes behold it from far away, his young ones suck up blood, and where the slain are, there is he. And the Lord said to Job, this is Job chapter 40, Shall a fault finder contend with the Almighty? He who argues with God, let him answer it. Job 40, verse 3. Then Job answered the Lord and said, Behold, I am of small account. What shall I answer you? 
I lay my hand on my mouth. I have spoken once and I will not answer. Twice, but I will proceed no further. You can continue on reading. There's several more chapters of back and forth dialogue. But what I've been reminded of in this season is the greatness and majesty of who God is and how often I waste my time and energy and focus questioning God as though he owes me an answer. (laughs) Questioning if he sees me and if he cares, if he's big enough for whatever lies in front of me. And God doesn't answer back with a resoundant rhetorical yes, of course, silly. But I find him asking me the same questions that he asked of Job. A rhetorical, subtle way reminding us that he is God. He is almighty. He is king and sovereign over all and whatever has passed through his hand, whatever has happened in my life has passed through his hand. He has ordered my steps. He has every day of my life written down in his book. None of this is by surprise. None of the things, the difficulties, the trials that we face in life catches God by surprise. See, I don't believe Jesus was sleeping that day in the boat with the disciples because he didn't care. I don't think he was so exhausted that he couldn't stay awake. I think Jesus slept that day because he knew what he said. And what he said, he always does. He is a keeper of his word. Every promise of God is yes and amen. Jesus told the disciples, let us go to the other side. How often you and I forget in the middle of the storm what God has spoken. It's funny how storms come. Today it was 105 degrees, blazing hot, bright sun for endless miles, not a cloud in the sky, and within 30 minutes, It was a pitch black sky. The rain is beating down now on the ground outside, and I can't help but wonder if God doesn't want to rain down his spirit on our dry, weary, hardened hearts, (laughs) bringing fresh life, clearing away the clutter, bringing much-needed nourishment. Our God is big. Our God is strong. Our God is mighty. Our God is the infinite, all-knowing, all-wise God who will reign for all of eternity. He is the God of the unshakable government. He is the God who is for us, not against us. He is the light that shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot, has not, and will never overcome him. He is a God who keeps his word. He is a God who who is with us, even when we can't see him. My hope and prayer for you and I 
is that we will watch the wind run out of breath while our God never does. God, thank you for storms. I thank you for thunder that booms and lightning that claps across the sky. And I thank you for your word. When the oceans rise and the thunders roar, I will trust in you, my God, for you are above the storms. Sovereign over all, you reign over all, and God, this is no surprise to you. Help us to wait and to trust while the storm, while the wind runs out of breath. God, help us to get out and dance in the puddles and in the rivers that the storms of life bring us. Help us to rejoice that you are with us and you are a keeper of your word and every promise of yours is yes and amen. God, help us to remember what it is you have spoken. In Jesus' name, amen.